freeze. Stay right where you are because it's time for GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners. Stay tuned for valuable information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And now, your host for GeorgiaCarry.org radio, Doug and Jesse King. Welcome, everybody. You are listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio. We are here in studio. My wife, Jess, and I are talking to a very special guest this weekend. I am extremely excited about this interview, Jess. I mean, we've been talking about this for, for a whole week, since last week's show when we first got Mr. Potowitz lined up. Well, it's a very timely topic. What can we do to keep our kids safe with firearms? I mean, we've had we've had two really good shows coming up to this one where we've been talking about what's going on in the legislature. And we're going to talk a little bit in our final segment about the good, the bad, and the ugly and what's cooking under the Gold Dome this last week as we had crossover week and, and the, the legislative year this year is winding up. But this show and Georgia Carey is about so much more than just the bills that are coming down or the lawsuits that are being filed. And the fundamental, the, the underpinning of everything that we do is about safety. And we, we talk about how to be safer in our homes, how to be safer in our streets, how to, to uh, protect the people around us and to protect ourselves. But uh, the core of this is being proficient with your firearms, being safe with your firearms, and teaching your kids and others about how to be safe around firearms. And, and that brings us to our guest, who is an accomplished firearm safety instructor. He's been certified by not only GeorgiaCarry.org, but also by the NRA. He's spoken with to many groups. He is uh, very engaged in this and actually founded a nonprofit just to focus on getting kids safer around firearms. And and the focus of today's show, what makes this different than the Eddie the Eagle program or any other really good firearm safety program for kids to learn about how to be safe and how to be you know, cognizant of what to do around firearms, is that we're not going to talk to gun owners specifically. And I know that most of our listeners are GCO members. You know, they're gun owners. They're proficient. They've heard the NRA spiel time and time again. They know the four basic rules. They drill them into their kids. But we all have a friend. We all have somebody who turns to us and say, yeah, yeah, I know you guys have got guns, but look, I don't. My kids don't. We don't deal with it. I don't have to worry about it. That's why I don't allow them in my home. That's why I tell you not to bring them over here because I don't want to have to think about it. And that is the wrong attitude. Well, you know, I grew up in a house with guns. Mm-hmm. And I had friends that weren't allowed over at my house when I was a kid because we had guns. And my, my dad didn't have the guns. They were on the wall. They were most of them rifles. They were on the wall. Gun racks. We knew not to touch them. But those kids had never been around guns. Their, their parents had, did not own firearms. They weren't allowed anywhere where there were guns. And so, you know, that, that creates a, a, a wall, a barrier. And we don't want to have a barrier between us and the rest of the world or the community. We are all together in this. And that's not the right attitude to have. So how do we break down those walls? How do we make it so that people don't feel afraid to come over to our houses because we own firearms? We well, educate we, them. We educate them. And that's what we're going to do here today. Matt, um, I, I'm giving you a short introduction. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate you being here. Why don't you tell us the name of your nonprofit? Uh, Doug, Jess, thank you so very much for uh, having me here today. The name of the nonprofit, which is currently in the process of being filed, is kidsandgunsafety.org. Kidsandgunsafety.org. And this is this is a great 
place where, where people can go and get more information. So you said that you were a, a firearm safety instructor. Uh, absolutely. I've been certified both by GeorgiaCarry.org and uh, NRA, and my exclusive focus is on gun safety. I really don't teach marksmanship or defensive shooting, anything along those lines. Really, I spend my time going out into the community, both of gun owners and non-gun owners, helping everyone understand how to educate their children about how to behave safely if they encounter a firearm outside of responsible adult supervision. Now, I say non-gun owners uh, very specifically because more often than not, Kids who are from families that don't own guns are going to be at even higher risk if they encounter one outside of responsible adult supervision. And I've seen this myself. When I was a kid growing up, the people that lived in the house behind us, they had firearms, and their son, his name was Craig, um, was around those firearms all the time and never played with them. But one of his friends came over and played with the gun and shot Craig in the shoulder. Oh, my goodness. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning, and there were ambulances. And I was probably 8 or 10 years old. And I remember that. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, I'm he sure didn't he do. didn't understand it. They look like a toy to him if they don't really understand what's going on. So it's very important to educate children. Uh, absolutely. And here's the thing that every parent needs to understand, whether or not they own guns. You can't control when or under what circumstances your child might encounter a firearm outside of responsible adult supervision. The reality is firearms get found by kids all the time in other people's homes mm -hmm. where you might not even know there were firearms. Walmart. Walmart. Uh, Target uh, are two retail stores where firearms have been found on the shelves or elsewhere. Uh, there was a handgun found on a ride at a certain uh, mouse-themed amusement park. Uh, there have been firearms found on the floors of movie theaters and in movie theater bathrooms by children. There was even a firearm found concealed in a trash can in the emergency room at an Atlanta area children's hospital. Wow. The bottom line is that there are over, again, depends on which study you read, 100, 200, 300 million guns out there. And, Doug, I know you aspire to own half of them. But even if you yes, were successful <laughs> in that aspiration, that would still leave a lot of guns out there. Parents, you just can't control when your child might find one that was carelessly or negligently or even maybe maliciously left somewhere for a child to find. And well, the, these are tools, right? I mean, th that's what we all agree on. Guns are tools. They're something that we use for a definite purpose. And if you don't teach your children how to be respectful of the tools that you keep in your home or the tools that they might encounter in other people's homes, then how are they going to be safe around them? I mean, we, we, we teach our kids not to touch hot stoves. We teach our kids not to touch knives. We teach our kids not to play with things that are out in the garage, like, like you know, chemicals or chainsaws or axes. Well, the, the government spends hundreds of thousands of dollars in every state every year educating children about drug awareness and they they want to make sure that kids know about drugs because the parents have no control of when or how their children are going to find out about drugs and you're better off telling you talking to your kids about drugs than letting them find out from somebody else well you're better off talking to your kids about guns and gun safety before they just find one land somewhere because it, it's kind of the same principle here if you educate your kids then they don't have to get a street education Absolutely true. And Jess, it's funny. You mentioned that you grew up in a house with guns. I grew up in a house that didn't have guns. And in fact, uh, guns were a forbidden topic in my home. Couldn't ask questions about them. Couldn't talk about them. I couldn't even have gun toys when I was a child. No cap guns for me. What do you think my biggest curiosity was growing up? Of course, guns. Okay. Yeah. And what do you think I did as soon as I had the opportunity to gain access to them? 
You went out and bought one, didn't you? (laughs) Well, when I was old enough, I went out and bought one. But even even as a teenager, when I couldn't legally buy one, I had friends who had them. And I spent every weekend out in the woods shooting Mm -hmm. 22s at cams and not really having any instruction in how to do so safely. Right. It's a good thing I survived and everybody around me did. So the bottom line is, whether or not you own guns, your children may come into contact with them. And if they don't know what to do, there is a good chance they or somebody else is going to get hurt. The bottom line is, every year, hundreds of children die in mm-hmm. firearms-related accidents. And I'm not talking about one child shooting another deliberately. I'm not talking about gang violence. I'm not talking about mass casualty events at a school or a mall. I'm talking about a child picking up a gun, not knowing what to do with it, and shooting themselves or someone Wasn't else. Wasn't there an accident locally with the mother that had the gun in her purse and the child that shot himself? Was, was that a local Uh, I believe that was here in Georgia, and that's just one example. That's a case where a gun owner, I'm sorry to say, didn't make a good choice about how to secure their firearm. Mm -hmm. It was accessible to a child, and obviously tragedy in this case ensued. Uh, But there are other examples where a child has found a firearm while visiting the house. A a, a child from a a family that didn't own a gun found a firearm while visiting. uh, The example that comes to mind is a relative. It was an old handgun concealed in a wardrobe in Mm -hmm. an attic. And I know that sounds like the intro to a movie, but it's not in this case. This was no fairy tale. Found a gun that the grandparents had forgotten was even there and shot themselves fatally. So... Hopefully we've established by this point that if you're listening and you own guns, if you're listening and you don't own guns, this is something you need to talk about with your kids, and so does every parent you know. And right. that's that's the, the important part here, because I think a lot of the GCO members are, are hardcore listeners, the people who have been calling in and thanking <laughs> us for being on the air, which we appreciate deeply. Though they're people who have already had this conversation with their kids. Their kids know the rules. They know how to deal with it. But they have family and friends who are – you know, camels or whatever that creature is that sticks its head in the sand rather than <laughs> ostrich. Ostrich. There, there, you go. Go. there you go. Instead of having to deal with the situation. And it's hard to bring up that conversation because when you are someone who is familiar, then when the people look at you, they're like, well, I remember you. I remember when you did stupid things. I don't know if I'm going to listen to you when it comes to something important. But you can turn around and say, hey, Guys, let's listen to to Matt here because he's an expert on this. He knows what he's talking about. And here's a show that I really want to share with you. So this is a great opportunity for us to reach out to people beyond just our normal hardcore listeners to bring them in to talk about how to make your kids as safe as they can be. And, Jesse, you had a great point about street education because there is a street education about guns. I know, Matt, that you you grew up without guns and you couldn't talk about them, but you probably watched TV shows where there were guns... and they're firing them sideways. And, and, <laughs> and you get the stormtrooper effect where you can unloose a million rounds, never hit anything. And the worst thing that happens is they got a Band-Aid on their forehead when they end the show. You know, Doug, it's, it's, it's really interesting that you say that because that's one of the things that, especially for, for parents of middle schoolers or tweeners, uh, that uh, they, they really need to understand. It's not just the street education. It's also mass media and movies and television. Oh, when, yeah. Every time you go to a PG or a PG-13 rated movie, the hero might get shot. And what happens? They go, ow. Yeah. And they get up and they keep doing heroic things. The bad guy, when they get shot, they fall down dead, nice and clean. No blood, no screaming, none of the realities of what happens when a person gets shot. It makes it look like the bad guy's the only guy that ever dies from a gunshot wound, huh? Well, exactly. We, we will discuss mass media and its effect on children when we come back from this commercial break. Folks, you are listening to georgiacarry.org radio. We'll be right back. 
now back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio, and this week we are all about safety. We know we, we've had a couple of shows where we've discussed things in the legislature and upcoming legislation and lawsuits, and these are important things that GeorgiaCarry.org members care deeply about and get involved in. But everybody, everybody across the state cares about the safety of our children, and we're using this opportunity to express one of GeorgiaCarry.org's fundamental goals, which is more safe people out there in the community. And here we have Mr. Matt Potowitz, who is is here to talk about safety with children involving firearms, even if you do not own a firearm. And when we took our commercial break, uh, we were discussing kind of how the the media takes a, a different toll and how this the the kids these days even if you don't have firearms even if you're not talking or teaching your kids about firearms they're learning something about firearms and it's not very good you know one of the things I've, i realized after spending a weekend with my niece when my sister was out of town is that my niece has gotten the street education about firearms as well she doesn't realize or did not realize that good people owned firearms she thought only bad guys did mm-hmm. bad guys and cops or carried them or carried them, yeah. Mm-hmm. The fact that I, I carry a, a gun just freaked her out. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of things your kids can learn about firearms, and we want to make sure we're teaching the right things, right? Absolutely. So let's talk through very quickly some key messages, some key things that your kids, whether or not you own guns, your kids need to know about guns, depending on how old they are. When we're talking about really young kids, there is one and only one thing they need to understand. And, and here I'm talking about your kindergartners, your first graders, your second graders. If they see a gun, doesn't matter if it's your gun, doesn't matter if it's somebody else's gun, doesn't matter if they think it's a toy gun. They need to stop what they're doing. They need to not touch it. They need to leave the area, leave the room, leave the house, whatever it is you need to do, and then find an adult they know and trust, preferably one of their parents, and tell them what they've found. Now, those of you who do own guns probably recognize that as the core message of the Eddie Eagle program. Mm -hmm. I want to take one second to talk about Eddie Eagle. Uh, It was developed by the NRA, which is not everybody's favorite organization, no matter what side of the gun debate you're on. But this program works. The NRA spent literally hundreds of thousands of dollars working with childhood educators, reading specialists, pediatricians to come up with this message of Eddie Eagle, stop, don't touch, leave the area, tell an adult, and make it available to parents to teach to their children in a way their children will understand. This program gets a lot of flack politically. But I have to tell you that as a program, it works. If it is taught properly, if it is repeated constantly, because let's remember, young kids have to hear it a dozen times before it starts to sink in, they will remember it. I have taught this program many times, and I have had three parents in the past come up to me and tell me that once they have taught that program to their children, once they've conveyed that message to their children, their children have wound up in a situation where they were exposed to a firearm or something they thought was a firearm, and they knew what to do. They stood up, they moved away from it, they found an adult, and no harm came to them. Unfortunately, that doesn't always happen. Now, proof that this works and that kids will remember this is Doug's little boy is six. And he, if you ask him, John, what do you do if you find a gun? That's exactly what he'll tell you. Stop. Clear the area. Don't touch it. Get a grown-up. Absolutely. And it's good that, that John will say that. But as a parent, you have to know that they will 
do it. It's one thing for you to have conveyed the knowledge, but there's also a, a behavioral reinforcement element behind this that has to be conveyed. I think especially in households where there are guns, because we can't always count on our children, and I am a parent, by the way, we can't always count on our children to behave the way we want or expect them to when we're not there. And that's exactly where this message for these younger kids is important. Because let's face it, kids are curious. Kids trust the world. Kids at this age think they're invincible. Heaven forbid they actually understand their own mortality at this age. It's like Liz jumping off the couch. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But the other aspect is is it's mutually reinforcing. Kids at that age tend to move in a herd mentality and do things together. So if you have one kid in a group who says, hey, we need to not touch and, and go get an adult, there's more likely that kids will follow that voice of, of leadership to move away than to just keep milling around it. Absolutely. And that is, by the way, one of the reasons why I am so much in favor of Eddie Eagle being taught in a group setting, whether it is a community organization or a house of worship or even mm-hmm. a school. I, I've been reading articles lately about local police departments and sheriff's offices bringing Eddie Eagle to schools and teaching entire classrooms at a time. That peer influence, that herd mentality can be a very infa- a very effective reinforcement in this case so uh as your listeners think about well how do i do this do i do do i get the materials and teach my child at home better to do that than nothing at all Mm -hmm. but make it a group thing whether Mm -hmm. it's through a a house of worship a community association even your child's school uh the scouts another great example but now we move you know that's that's a great message for like you said kindergartners first graders second graders but when you start to get to like fourth fifth sixth grade it doesn't really hold quite the same water with them. No, it's a whole different world at that point. Uh, for starters, a lot of children at that age actually have their initial exposure to guns. If they, if they are from a family that are, are shooting sports enthusiasts, they may have gone shooting. They may uh, ha- know that there are guns in the house. They may, even under certain circumstances, have access to those guns. But the bigger issues are the ones that we were talking about earlier, and that uh, is the, the media influence. This is the age where kids are going to those PG and PG-13 movies. They're getting that street education just that you you mentioned about guns and oftentimes developing very dangerous attitudes and very dangerous behaviors towards guns, not of any malicious <coughs> intent. These are children, but out of ignorance. Mm-hmm. So two things at this age to really, really keep in mind. One is they must be able to differentiate between the idea of a toy or a fantasy gun. And when I talk about a toy gun here, I'm really talking about gun analog toys like airsoft pistols or paintball pistols. Things that, well, they can certainly cause injury if they're handled carelessly are less likely to, to cause a, a, a fatal injury. We're talking about Daisy BB gun versus yep. a twenty two rifle. Here. Exactly. <laughs> they need to understand what real guns do as compared to what these fantasy guns they're being presented with in video games and in movies and on television or these gun analog toys do. Because let's face it, I know of two situations where a child has been shot, in one case because somebody picked up a twenty-two caliber pistol, thought it was an airsoft toy pistol, and squeezed the trigger and shot another child. And in the other instance, they knew that it was a twenty-two caliber pistol. But their impression of what actually happens when somebody gets shot was so unrealistic skewed, yeah. that they squeezed that trigger. I remember when I was in sixth grade getting my f- hunter safety permit so that I could go hunting. And we had to watch this grainy 8-millimeter video movie played up on the wall of the gymnasium. And it was called, and I remember, it's been, what, 
20 years. I still remember the name of the movie. It was Sweet Sunday's Gone. And these kids go running through the woods and jumping over fences. And then the 22 cracks and the other one's dead. And that was the end of the movie. And and it, w- it was kind of... I mean, if I'm thinking about it 20 years later, it must have been kind of powerful. It was it was really a, a crummy movie, but the whole point of it was to show that even a 22, a, a light caliber, can kill somebody and not there's no way to come back from it. See, I guess I got my street education about guns a little differently than most people do because I grew up in West Virginia, so everybody had them. Almost everybody did. And we had a cousin who... His elevator didn't go to the top floor, and he was out rabbit hunting, and he decided that he was going to push on the brush pile with the butt of the gun, and the trigger went off, and it killed him, and so we ended up going to that funeral. Wow. And so as a kid, I want to say I was probably nine or ten years old. That kind of solidifies in your mind that this isn't a game, and those aren't to be played with. Well, I think hunting does that a lot, too, yeah. and, that's, and, and that's becoming a lost art. I mean, even in the gun community, the people who are the hardcore, let's go you know, to a gun show on Saturday, not very many of them actually hunt. And very few kids are getting back into that lifestyle where they're hunting with their dads or with their, their moms on a weekend, and they don't see the damage. I mean, that was something that is driven home. When you walk when you up to that shoot deer, a deer and it falls down. You know that you took that thing's life. More than that, when you walk up to it and you see the wound channel and you have to clean it and you cut open and you see what, I mean, the massive trauma that a small bullet did, that drives home in a way that you cannot forget. But when all you shoot are paper targets or the only thing that you have doing are these non-reactive things, what is it? It's a bang and it's a little tiny hole at the end of 100 yards. Absolutely. Now... There are a lot of people listening to this show who are not going to have their kids go out and shoot Bambi as a way of illustrating what a gun really, really does. But there is a resource that is available that I think can benefit all parents, whether or not they own guns, when trying to explain this to their children. Uh, The New Hampshire Coalition for Firearms Safety, which is a really interesting marriage of of groups on both sides of the gun debate, came together to put together a video uh, called Staying Safe Around Guns, the Middle School Edition. And I'll explain after the break why, why Middle School Edition. Uh, It basically provides a very real demonstration of what guns do without anybody actually getting shot on the screen and provides a lot of really good safety tips to these tweeners and middle school aged children about how to behave under various different circumstances where they might encounter a gun, like a friend who owns a gun seeming to handle it unsafely or walking into a home and finding a gun or finding a gun on the street or, or in some other environment. It is free. It is actually downloadable or orderable on DVD from Ruger, which is a gun company, but they don't make any money off of this. And uh, it's probably one of the most effective tools in the arsenal for teaching these these middle kids, if you will, these tweeners, uh, about guns and, and what to do about guns if they encounter them at this age where a stop, don't touch may not be an effective message. Well, folks, we are coming up on another commercial break, so hang tight. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the next age group and other ways that you can be more effective in talking to kids about gun safety. You are listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org radio. And when we took our commercial break, we were talking about middle school students and, and people who are kind of in between teenagers and, and the younger kids and how to talk to them. And during our break, we were discussing this video that Matt had discussed with us about how you can you know demonstrate some of the damage a firearm can do. And I think that this is really important because there are some great videos out there through YouTube and, and other places that are fantastic, and there are terrible ones too because oh, yeah. I remember just recently some some coalition put out a video of basically a teenager stealing a handgun out of a, a, a drawer in his parents' house, taking it to a school and plopping it down on a teacher's desk, which I can, A, is illegal, and B, is a horrible idea idea for safety reasons left right and center and and this video purports to be some kind of safety video or to, to, to get people talking and it's horrible so there are good videos out there and and where can we find them well i think there are a couple of places to look number one that video that i mentioned how to stay safe around guns the middle school edition and there's a high school edition we'll talk about in a second are both very very effective at showing what guns really can do personally i think a great resource is the mythbusters tv program it seems about every third episode they put on the air has something to do with a gun myth but in testing these myths, they're often firing guns into large blocks of ballistics gel, which, as many of us know, simulate human flesh. And, oh my goodness, there is no question when that bullet hits that block of ballistics gel what that would do to a body. You can see the ballistics gel actually recoil with the energy when they show it in slow motion. Absolutely. And that should clear it up for most kids. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. So, so we're, our last group are teenagers, who we would hope would know better, but obviously... Uh, (laughs) That's that's what I can say about teenagers. Uh, When you're talking about gun safety with teenagers, it's a whole different world for three reasons. Number one is teenagers are born to rebel, and so they're unlikely to listen to what their parents are telling them in the first place. The second thing is that as teenagers, they're spending a lot more time outside of adult supervision. They are engaging in activities with adults and with other teenagers. They may have more access to guns. Uh, kind of like I did when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Mom, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, lastly, uh, teenagers are perhaps more prone to finding themselves in environments where someone else is using a gun inappropriately. I'm, I'm sorry sorry to say a mass casualty incident at a school or at a shopping mall where someone, whether or not it's a teenager, is there with the specific intent of ending their life. Yeah. So I think the messages here are very different. Number one, teenagers have to understand first and foremost, guns are never an acceptable way to express emotion. You do not pick up a gun because you're happy, because you're sad, because you're angry, because you're scared. You pick up a sketch pad and a pencil. That's the best way to do it. A sketch pad and a pencil or anything else that is unlikely to kill someone. Uh, And it's really important that they understand that if they know of another teenager who is planning on doing that or even that they suspect is going to do that, it's okay to let an adult know about that. At the end of the day, that doesn't make you a snitch. It makes you a lifesaver. It makes you a potential hero. Teenagers also need to understand that at this age, they are old enough to make their own decisions about how they feel about guns. And if they find themselves in a situation where a gun is, is present and they're not comfortable about it, they can leave. And there should be no shame in that. They should be able to say to their parents, hey, this isn't something that I'm, I'm into or that I want to do. They should be able to say to their friends, guys, I, I, I am not interested in going and plinking at cans with that twenty two. I, I don't want to have anything to do with guns. Lastly... Even as teenagers, and this is directed specifically towards those of you listening who own guns, even at this age, children see, children do. Your teenagers 
will Mimic learn your behavior most just- of what they come to know about how to handle a gun yeah. from watching you, not just as teenagers, but even as younger children. If you are going to handle guns in front of your child, especially your teenager, please do so in a way that is safe. Otherwise, they will mimic your behavior, and they may not have the experience that you have to correct if something begins to go wrong or to judge when they are doing something that could wind up killing them or someone else. Wow, really, really powerful stuff there. And and this is something that every parent needs to think about and to work with. Now, Matt, you, you give this presentation all over the state and to a lot of various different groups, but you can't be everywhere at once. And I know that um, a lot of our listeners would like to get you to come do it, but if, if you're unavailable, is there some way that they can get this material? Absolutely. Uh, Georgia Carey was actually nice enough to let me come to their annual convention two years ago and present both the Kids and Guns, as I call it, presentation, the one that's really it's for parents, but how to talk with their kids about gun safety, as well as a variant on that that's specifically for teenagers, to a room full of about 40 GCO members. At least 10 of them have reached out to me to ask for materials and say, can I present this in my community? Everything that kidsandgunsafety.org produces is freely available to anybody who feels comfortable going out and presenting the content in their community. Presentation, speaker's notes, a flyer template, a parent resource guide. And for anybody who is uncomfortable presenting this because they're not comfortable presenting, if I'm available, I will happily co-present it the first time or even run through it on a video conference with you. Wow. So this is a great resource for everybody to be able to get good materials that are broader based than just talking about kids not touching, where you can think about the the psychology of a middle school student or of a high school student and how to bring them in to be a safer person with with reasonable goals. Have you ever reached out to the anti-gun groups like Moms About Guns? What are, What is the name of that group? Moms Demand Action. Moms Demand Action. So far as I'm concerned, the issue of teaching children how to behave safely around guns transcends gun politics. So yes, I've reached out to everybody. I've had great reception from some organizations like Georgia Carey. In fact, a couple of the uh, regional chapters in Georgia are putting on this program for their regional members. Uh, two uh, women shooting organizations, the uh, well-armed lady and um, or the well-armed woman and the armed lady, uh, are starting to propagate this out to their chapters. I have not had as much success with organizations on the other side of the gun debate because I think it is such an uncomfortable topic. <laughs> you know that that really gets me upset because if you think about this. Every time there's a bill that's introduced, the, the language that is brought up. about guns and kids. We've got to save the children, protect the children. We're going to do something for the children. And yet here we have a program that's designed to actually go out and teach children, teach parents, protect children in the most direct way possible, and they're not interested in it? I mean, th- that is the, the most incredible thing I have heard all week, that we have groups that will tout children as the reason for taking away liberty and for making people less safe, and then turn around and say, we're not interested in safety and not interested in getting a good message across and not interested in working with people who are are, are nonpartisan, who are trying to get a, a clear message across. The guns are a deeply divisive and a deeply emotional issue. I agree with you 100%. Any parent that is not willing to go to the same lengths to help their children understand what to do when it comes to guns as they are when it comes to drugs or to sex or to crossing the street or to the medicine Mm -hmm. in the medicine cabinet. Or driving. Or driving or anything else is putting their politics ahead of their children's safety. Uh, I am fond of saying that even if guns disappeared from privately 
held collections all around the United States, as they have in the UK and in Australia, kids would still be finding them and shooting themselves or other children with them. This is, regardless of the politics, a constant, and it is mu- it is as much a risk to children's safety as any of those other things that, as parents, we work so hard to protect our children's our children from. But let, this is such a divisive issue. Let me give you one just quick story. I delivered this particular presentation to a charter school. And there was a large audience, and from the body language, I could tell there were people there who owned guns and people there who didn't own guns. Uh, the presentation itself is pretty neutral. Mm-hmm. It, uh, there, there are resources there from organizations on both sides of the gun debate. I like to call it equal opportunity offensive. If you, don't like, <laughs> if you don't like the NRA, well, there's an NRA resource in here because I believe it's the best one. If you don't like uh, Center to, pretend, to uh, Prevent Youth Violence, well, you know what? You're going to be offended because there is something in there from them because they have a, some, a really good resource for parents uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to safety. But after the presentation, a woman walked up to me, looked at me, and hauled off and smacked me across the face. I mean, literally smacked me across the face and said, I hate guns. And then she gave me a big bear hug and she said, but I'm really glad you were here to talk about this. It turns out that her niece, several years prior, had found a gun outside of adult supervision, didn't know what to do, and unfortunately she was one of those uh, horrible tragedies. She, she, she died. So Anger I, I, and relief at the same time, huh? So again, I have to say, no matter how you personally feel about guns, if you're <laughs> a parent, if not the approaches that we've talked about here today, if not the presentation and the materials that I've developed and stand behind and put out to the community freely, then please do something. Do something within your comfort zone. Do not assume that your child will never encounter a gun outside of adult supervision. And please don't assume that they're going to know what to do. If you don't tell them, who will? And don't assume that just because somebody is against georgiacarry.org's platform or against guns in general, that they don't need this message today. Because if they don't hear this message, if their kids don't hear this message, if their nieces don't hear this message, then how are they going to know to be safe in, in a world where guns are a reality? Folks, we're coming up on our our last commercial break. We're going to be right back with the good, the bad, and the ugly of this week. You are listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Doug and Jesse King. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio. And, and Jesse and I have had a great time today talking with Matt about how to make our kids safer, how to make our community safer, and, and we really appreciate you being here. Matt, where can people go to get more information about your organization? Oh, thanks, Doug. I appreciate that, and it's a pleasure to be here. Right now, as KidsGunSafety.org is in the process of getting registered, I think your best bet is to go to Facebook and search for Talk With Your Kids About Gun Safety. That'll take you to a Facebook page with links to everything as a parent you need to know that's awesome and facebook is is a great resource and we're looking forward for your website to get get up and get rolling with all of this information on it and we really appreciate you being here so jesse we've got the good the bad and the ugly this week which is kind of interesting things that are cooking under the gold dome as they serve up their their laws scattered smothered and covered this week some of the anti-gun legislation was left on warm it's not kicking at all until next year because it didn't cross over on crossover yeah i wish i could say it was burnt to a crisp but the way things work here in georgia is it's a 
two-year legislative session. So just because it didn't happen this year doesn't mean it can't be revived next year. But the good news is, is all those bills that Jerry Henry came and talked about two weeks ago where he was saying this bill and that bill and they're all got, you know, very negative aspects to them, even the ones that John Monroe was talking about last week, the the constitutional carry that makes a whole bunch of new things illegal and, and, and for no apparent reason, all of these bills are at the very least on hold till next year, if not completely dead. So that is good news. And the other thing that, that is kind of puzzling when you think about this is we've had all these bills offered up that restrict people's rights and freedoms concerning firearms, but we haven't had any bills offered up about education. Well, not real education. There's education to force you to get to take a class when you're 21 and you want to get a carry permit, but is there any education for first graders or fifth graders or ninth graders? We're not going to educate them when they really need education. We're going to force you to take education in, in eighth and ninth and tenth grade to get a driver's permit, but we won't have any education about firearms, even though there are high schools all across the state that have shooting teams. There are high schools that just you know 60 years ago would have had an NRA course taught in their school so that the kids could take it. And when I took my hunter safety up in Minnesota back when I was in sixth grade, it was offered at a VFW or the local high school. But we don't have that here. No. And this is something that should be subsidized. If you want to talk about any sort of subsidy coming out of the legislature, they're talking about making sheriffs offer this class for 21-year-olds when they get their permit. Well, why not offer the class to sixth graders before they're even thinking about getting a permit so they know what to do and know how to be safe and know how to be a safer community? If you want to talk about anybody who's going to get up and talk about education and mandatory education requirements, if they're not talking about grade schoolers, they're not after your protecting your rights and liberties. They're not protecting your children either. <laughs> so there, there's the good. What's the bad this week? The bad this week is um, apparently one of the, the cities, local cities of Villarica. Ah, I know them well. That, in has, fact, that, they have a large uh, company out there that does reloading and sells reloading products and manufactures ammunition. Well, James Camp, one of the founding board members of GCO, they noted a, he noted a violation of the state preemption statute, and he sent a letter to the city of Villarica stating that they're not allowed to prohibit weapons from a facility at the Parks and Recreation Department. Now, here, here we have a founding member of Georgia Carey, a member of the board, a man who has an awful lot on his plate, not only professionally but personally at this point, and he takes time out of his day to notice that there's a violation of the very same type that Georgia Carey got started with all those years ago. Remember when John Monroe was on talking about, and I asked him what, what was his case, what case was the most important or sticks out in his mind? He says, well, you know, they may not seem like much, but those first cases where we were fighting down the preemption law in city after city, mm-hmm. they were little tiny things, but it's what built the organization from the ground up this is still going on here we are and it's a it's a violation of um the statutory preemption law georgia's official code of georgia annotated 16-11-173 paragraph 8 section 1 article 1 here we are in 2015 fighting the same fight over Over and and over and over and that's why being a member in georgiacarry.org is so important because this isn't the sort of thing remember when jerry henry was on he said a lot of people thought well we'll go and change the law and go home you can't because it comes up again and again and again it wants to rear its ugly head every couple years (laughs) exactly and we have to keep fighting this hydra and the only way to do 
that is to have members who are involved and committed. The people who not only just you know give the twenty bucks a year to be a member, but the people who will call their legislators, the people who will call the governor's office, the people who will find these uh, abuses of local ordinance and stand up and say, "Hey, you can't do that," and bring it to Georgia Carey's attention. All of these people form the grassroots network that creates the most powerful gun lobbying organization in all of Georgia. Yep. And this is the the essence of the bad here. Now, there's something that's downright ugly. I know. That's me when I get out of bed in the morning before I've had my coffee. (laughs) (laughs) No. The ugly is, have you seen the study about um, gun ownership? And they say that it's at an all-time low. I find that really hard to believe. I'm going to tell you what this is. We're gun owners in, in America, and we see all of the garbage going on with they're wanting to take our guns away. Are we going to admit that we have guns? No, I'm going to hide them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many how many gun owners really want to say, oh, yes, by the way, if you're going to be robbing someplace, I, I own guns. So when they say, oh, well, here's a poll. We took a poll. And, and gun ownership is down in America because this poll says so. This poll doesn't actually reflect anything. It, it reflects people who are willing to answer. And the people that are willing to answer are the ones that are willing to answer that they do not have firearms. Well, that question has become more and more persu- pervasive in our society. Pediatricians start asking it. There's lots of people who don't really have any business knowing what, what you do in your own and home. Your pediatrician treats you like you're some kind of child abuser because you own a firearm, and that's ridiculous. And it, it can get bad. And so a lot of people, I think, are taking the tone of, I'm not answering that question, or I'm going to lie about it. Because we have seen gun sales over the last... Well, couple of years go through the roof it is my second amendment right and i'm going to plead the fifth amendment on it and that's the way they feel about it so i don't think that uh, while that poll is downright ugly i think that it's ugly not because it shows a decrease in firearms no, ownership. it's ugly because it exists they shouldn't have even done the polls none of anybody's business who owns a gun and who doesn't it's my second amendment right and i have the right to own a gun and nobody has the right to know whether i have it or not well there you go that's why it's ugly Uglier than me when I get out of bed in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) The good, the bad, and the ugly following up a a really roller coaster ride on the legislative session this year. And and I, for one, am always glad to see the legislature go home because I think it was Will Rogers who said that no man is safe when Congress is in session. We we sit back and see some of these bills that are proffered and people who, you know, want to to strip away rights. And and you scratch your head on, on where do they come down on this? And then, you know, there are golden moments i mean last year the the bill that georgia Carey had had worked on and, and helped craft and and pushed through was a glorious bill i mean it was a high point for georgians but those those are far between compared to the the masses of legislation that pour out of the legislature every year you know they they talk about how they they're not happy about when obama goes golfing oh he golfs all the time i'm glad when he's golfing because then he's not in the white house making trouble well you know <laughs> We, we, we love our legislators who work hard to preserve freedom, to do right by the citizens. That's right. We, we try to bring attention to the ones who are offering bills that deprive people of liberty, where, whatever liberty it is. And we and try to help people understand how to use their voice. And that's what Georgia Carey does. It says to the members, this is what's wrong with this bill. Contact these people and tell them you want this and this change. And it happens. And they it happened listen. two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, George, um, the Georgia legislature changed the bill so that Georgia Kerry would be on board with it. And now Georgia Kerry is on board with a bill they were not previously on board with. The committee chairman turns around and says, to thank all your members for contacting us, which mm-hmm. is, of course, you know, the 
political speak for, oh, my goodness, what happened here? Everybody <laughs> called in. And that's what happens. When you get grassroots involved, they notice and they respond because this is their livelihood. I don't think that politicians are in any way, shape, or form bad people. I think that they get further and further away from their constituency, and they lose sight of what's really important, which is freedom and liberty. And when you call them and say, hey, this bill is not designed for freedom or liberty. you got to remind are, them where they came from. Or there are unintended consequences of your bill. When you have a bill that, that's promoting education, but that bill will increase costs to the point where someone can't get their license. That I don't think that the person who writes an education bill turns around and says, you know, I'm going to use this as a way to keep people from getting a permit. That's not their goal. But they don't see the, the truth of what's going to happen. And when they're reminded of what will happen and how important it is, then we can come to a better solution for all of us that education bill was laughable to me anyway did you were you aware of this matt the the education bill that they're trying to pass now uh, the mandatory training upon acquiring a firearms permit was yeah. was um it was introduced by a democrat because everybody in the room had a gun except for him and he went out and bought a gun and then he realized he didn't know how to get use the gun so because he doesn't know how to use his gun he wants everybody to take a mandatory training class and that's just laughable to me well look at the end of the day i'm all in favor of training I'm please don't f- misunderstand i think every gun owner out there should go out and get at least some basic safety but training. I need, but i do not believe that legislating it or mandating it is the way to go it well i need a different level of training than say he would or you and i think that it, it is all about a person's level of where they are and what they need and, and mandatory training makes a bunch of people who don't need training <coughs> sit through a class sleep drool drink coffee well i think i have an interesting solution to this building off of our conversation today if you want mandatory training start early enough so that you have a common frame of reference if you're starting with first graders or second graders they're going to have a common frame of reference where you can have a curriculum that applies to all of them nearly equally and that's the way you that's where the mandatory training is exactly if you're going to do it do it through the schools get kids to learn make kids safer folks you've listened to georgiacarry.org radio this week contact your local stations get us on where you are if you're listening online have a great weekend get active and enjoy your day this has been georgiacarry.org radio with doug and jesse king georgiacarry.org is georgia's no compromise voice for gun owners tune in each week for valuable information on protecting your second amendment right to keep and bear arms georgiacarry.org radio saturday mornings at eight right here on news talk 1160 the talk of the town 